and welcome to The Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Echelkamp. Today on the podcast, we have Terry Kipley. He is president of CPDA. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's so great to be here. So Terry, CPDA, that stands for the Council of Producers and Distributors of Agrotechnology. Tell us a little bit about the group you lead and why you took on this relatively new role of leadership. Well, again, it's just so great to be here and thank you for starting out with that question. So uh, CPDA or the Council of Producers and Distributors of Agrotechnology, we're located uh, near Washington, DC. Uh, and we have been the voice and advocate for the adjuvant inert and post-patent crop protection industry for well over 35 years. Um, a little bit about that, the uh, organization that was originally founded really to provide a level playing field. And what do I mean by that? So our, our history was made up, of, we were uh, created by post-patent pesticide manufacturers who were trying to provide choice to the grower. Uh, and they found that it, it wasn't so easy to have a level playing field when it came to Congress and the EPA on issues around legislative and, and regulatory affairs. Uh, and so by, by working together, it, we're hoping to provide voice. So that's the original mission of the association, that's advocacy. And so a little bit about who we are today, 90% of all US distribution are members of the approximately $13 billion crop protection market at the farm date, about 80% of all the uh, inert ingredients and these are used in all aspects of uh, the pesticide industry provided by CPD members. And we're basically a network of basic and manufacturers, adjuvant crop protection formulators, distributors, ag retailers, and these post-patent companies that I've, I've talked about. And, and Terry, why did you want to take on this role of president of this association? What are you hoping to help bring? Well, a couple of things, you know, my background, uh, you and I had talked earlier, I, I grew up on a dairy farm outside of Madison, Wisconsin, sixth generation. So uh, we were milking cows twice a day, seven days a week. And I, when I started out uh, in my career, I went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison. My first job out of college was Monsanto. Uh, and so now 35 years later, it seems like my career has really come full circle because uh, my last role, I was president of the Seed Agricultural Chemicals Corp, and we were a post-patent manufacturer. And so my, my background, my expertise was around uh, regulatory EPA, getting EPA labels. Uh, and I, so I certainly understand uh, the business. I understand uh, all the different players in the business. And so really was a great uh, a background for me to provide some uh, leadership uh, here at CPDA. And really what we're trying to do is kind of going back to original admission that I talked about, and that's providing that level playing field. So our, our first and foremost objective is to provide advocacy uh, for our members. And in the end, it's going to give the grower folks like my dad and my uh, uncle Scott there outside of Madison, Wisconsin, choice. So adjuvants, and other products in this sector that you serve have really changed as far as what they bring to the toolbox for farmers and, and the retailers that help those farmers. What would you share as some of the biggest changes to this sector over the past 40 years? 
Well, I think that what's we had an interesting statistic that we were talking about internally. Um, if you look back nearly 50 years ago, 1976, and you ask yourself uh, how many pesticides required an adjuvant, there were really only three, Roundup, Atrazine, and Paraquat. Uh, now today, when you look at the pesticide labels, there's well over a thousand. Uh, and so just that, that alone, things have changed so much when it comes to the formulation of all these different products that adjuvants really are key uh, in order to deliver that technology now, to that plant in order to uh, provide that, that uh, role that we need them to provide. No, that's excellent. So let's talk a little bit about trends. So obviously there's increased usage of these products and they're, they're bringing new aspects to application. Just what are the trends that are driving this sector? Well, I think it, it's, I guess, we kind of touched on that just a little bit about that earlier, right? So you had uh, over the last 40 years, when you look at the different uh, pesticide products, right? So you know, they've certainly been designed in the future, designed today to, to not uh, be around uh, that long. And so you've also had some trends to where you're reducing the use rate per acre. Uh, and all these things have, have lent themselves to where you have adjuvants and their job is really to help you know, deliver that pesticide to the plant, help to better penetrate that cuticle on the leaf and the overall get it that molecule where it needs to be in terms of drift and deposition type products that are now available to get more effective performance of the pesticide. Excellent. So we are talking to Terry Kipley. He is president of CPDA, and we will be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. For an agronomic update, we have Edwin Suarez, Senior Agronomist with Coke Agronomic Services. So Edwin, I'm hearing more about the importance of micronutrients such as zinc, boron, copper, iron, and others. Help our listeners understand why micronutrients can be just as critical as the macronutrients such as nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So micronutrients are essential nutrients for the crop. This means that the plant needs them just in smaller amounts when they're compared to micronutrients. In order to get those high yield potentials, we need to tackle and address micronutrient nutrition the same way we do with macros. And Edwin, what can lead to micronutrient deficiencies and how would you recommend growers overcome those deficiencies? Many factors can affect micronutrient availability. Some of the bigger ones are gonna be pH, soil type, and water movement. A lot of the early conditions when we go into planting can also affect availability. These are wet soils, colder conditions. However, the biggest issue that we have when it comes to micronutrients is availability and distribution of micros in the field. In order to overcome this, the largest, the biggest issue, we can use Wooltrex DDP technology from Coke Agronomic Services, which has even code technology. And what it does is now you can treat the carrier, any dry blend that you're spreading through the field. And now that carrier, that fertilizer application can become a micronutrient source. By doing this, you get better distribution across the field. And by doing that now, you have better root interception, better nutrient uptake, better chances of getting those micros into the crop and increasing that yield potential. Thanks for sharing that about Wolf Tracks DDP. Where can folks go to learn more? 
To learn more about Wolftrex and our whole portfolio, we encourage growers uh, to go to cocoagronomicservices.com and there they can actually learn more about what we do. They can also listen to our Field Notes podcast where we have a lot of educational content. And finally, I really encourage our growers and listeners to find our local rep that can help them really customize our portfolio to how it can help their program. That is Edwin Suarez, Senior Agronomist with Coke Agronomic Services. Welcome back to the Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of the Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp, joined by Terry Kipley, president of CPDA. Terry, you've shared a lot about what has helped this industry grow in terms of numbers and membership and usage, as well as just the technologies bringing forward from this sector. But what really do you want every ag retailer out there to know about adjuvants? Well, I think that, you know, about adjuvants, right? I think first and foremost, I mean, they're often neglected or, or they're a forgotten input, right? Um, and, you know, when you, you look at the current market today, a lot of people will say that the current market for adjuvants is only about 20 to 25% of the addressable, addressable market. So that's leaving 75 to 80% of all the acres there in the United States that that don't have an adjuvant. And, and we always say that, you know, really every acre should receive a drip and deposition product. Again, it, it's, it's a low cost insurance to help get that very important and very expensive technology for the grower where it needs to go. So I think that's just the biggest thing we're trying to point out is that it's an important tool for the grower. It's an important tool to help reduce complaints and to really get that grower the performance that, that he's paying for and that he expects and, that, and that the further that relationship uh, that that grower has uh, with the retailer. Something else that folks may want to look for in the market would be your certification program. Can you share just a bit about what it means to have a CPDA adjuvant certified? Well, you know, I mentioned earlier, we said that you know, there's somewhere a thousand plus pesticide labels today that require an adjuvant versus, you know, three fifty years ago. But then if you ask yourself the question, how many adjuvants are currently on the market? There's well over 2,500 adjuvants. So what the industry did at the CPDA many years ago is, is, is to come up with kind of a truth and labeling uh, program uh, for product stewardship so that uh, we have a 17-point checklist that all adjuvants are reviewed for. And so currently we have uh, about 250 products that have been reviewed and approved and meet those 17 uh, uh, points of, of, of quality so that the farmer and the dealer knows that if you're using an adjuvant that's been certified uh, by CPDA, it's meeting those quality standards to help make better choices. And we know that uh, making the right uh, adjuvant choice can impact overall performance by up to 50%. So it's a big, big decision. So Terry, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts around the role of tank additives in these times of supply chain challenges, as well as increased cost and how you would encourage both farmers and retailers to think about that investment that they're making in the spray tank. 
You know, that, that's a great question. We put out a, a press release earlier this year where our members wanted to encourage uh, people in the industry that by using an adjuvant, you can help dial in uh, the use rate of the pesticide to get more out of the product. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, you, you wanna get a, a, a high degree of performance. Uh, with supply chain issues, uh, you may have a situation where you need to do resprays and, and that respray material is not available. So it's really uh, an important opportunity and important investment when you do the math on adjuvants compared to the technology that you're delivering, uh, it, it's a small percentage of the overall cost. Uh, it's a great investment. And at the end of the day, uh, we all want the grower to be satisfied and happy. And we wanna be able to manage our own resprays at the retail level as well. So Terry, there is a event coming up here on November 1st. It's a webinar adjuvant advantage for the sales agronomist. What should someone expect to learn at that webinar? Well, first of all, I, I want your audience to know that it wasn't just CPDA alone. As I mentioned, uh, six national distributors make up 90% of the market and they're, they're, they're CPDA members. So we benefited from the technical expertise of our members, Gromart, Helena, Nutrien, uh, Winfield United, Wilbur Ellis, and Simplot. And the whole goal here is just to try to raise their overall level of understanding. And so when you get done with this webinar, hopefully you can answer three questions. One, how adjuvants are used to solve problems and save time. Uh, the second thing is where do adjuvant reg uh, recommendations stand in terms of the pesticide label? That's very important. And then lastly, why adjuvants are one of the most cost-effective inputs so the grower can use to, to get the job done and, and not have a complaint. So those are three key items that they're going to learn when they're done with this program. No, excellent, Terry. Well, if I can, I'd like to wrap up and ask you the three questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. And starting out, the first one would be, what keeps you up at night? I think that from, from our association perspective, as I mentioned, our, the, the reason that we're on the payroll is advocacy. Uh, there's very important legislation that we're trying to get through Congress that's going to reinstate uh, funding for the EPA. And again, I, I take it back to my cousin Scott there in uh, Lodi, Wisconsin. He needs choice. There's a lot of technology that's sitting at the EPA, but they don't have the scientists to review these packages uh, to get them across the finish line. And the EPA needs more funding. So there's important legislation that we're trying to convince uh, both members uh, of Congress to support, uh, to, to give the EPA tools that they need. So in return, uh, guys like uh, my cousin Scott can get the tools that he needs. Excellent. Terry, what do you wish you knew six months ago? Well, I think I wish I knew six months ago, I, I think, again, uh, the importance of advocacy. Uh, this is, I come from a commercial background, right? I'm used to reporting to a board of directors. I'm used to delivering quarterly results. And with a lot of help uh, from some very smart people, I'm learning to speak Washingtonese. And what I've been coached is that, you know, Washington is like any other business relationship or a dealer with a grower or, you know, my dad as a farmer has been dealing with the same couple of agronomists for a long time. It's relationships. And I think we just need to remind ourselves the importance of advocacy and long-term relationship building uh, with people who have the power in DC to make things happen. So 
that's that's something that uh, uh, we want to keep remembering as we do our job every day. And then Terry, if you could maybe give us one prediction for the year ahead, what might we be talking about this time next year? Well, I think we're still going to be talking to uh, uh, regarding the geopolitical events, right? We certainly got a very disruptive uh, uh, European situation with the Rus uh, Russian-Ukraine uh, conflict, the impact on our prices and uh, supply chains for fertilizer. My background, as I mentioned, uh, maybe I didn't really mention, was I spent over 20 years doing business in China. Uh, and so this ability to get the products that our growers need, unfortunately, our supply chains are heavily dependent upon China, on India for the basic pesticide uh, uh, starting materials. And I think this whole issue of trying to figure out uh, how much to order, when to order it, how to get it in the supply chain. And I think you're going to see a whiplash of pricing, which is, it impacts everybody. Uh, my dad, can, even though he's uh, almost 80 years old, can tell you uh, what's causing the price of glyphosate. He'll tell you it's, a, it's the Chinese and dad knows these things, right? So I think trying to manage our supply chain, timing of inventory, I think you'll see we have large stocks now, right? Uh, because of uh, overbuying and trying to manage that is going to be a continued challenge for everybody because nobody wants to pay too much and nobody wants to not have the products they need when spring hits because they need to go. And that's that balance. Right. That's excellent. Terry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Just if fo folks want to learn more about this webinar on November 1st, could you remind them where they can get registered? Yes, uh, it's, it's hosted by our, our uh, partners, ARA. You can go to their website. Uh, it's going to be the first week in November. So please mark your calendar. It's a one hour uh, lunch and learn that I think you're going to be so pleased that you took one hour to get a refresher on adjuvants and how they are so important uh, to make an impact uh, uh, with your grower and, and to increase his satisfaction. And, and it's going to be good for your organization as well. Excellent. Well, Terry, I'm so pleased you took the time to speak with us. And I'm so pleased with all of our listeners. Uh, we're also able to listen in today. For all of you out there, thank you for joining us. And I wish you a safe and productive season. Margie, thank you so much. Bye.